Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Yes indeed, very welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on Newstalk Shane Hannan with you and uh, we're of course with you through for an extended show until 6pm this evening uh, John Duggan there before the ad break and he'll be over at the Aviva Stadium Plenty of build up between now and 3 o'clock kickoff for that Leinster versus Toulouse European Champions Cup semi-final Huge game today in Dublin and of course, with plenty of build-up from two o'clock, Ian Tracy and Jerry Thornley will join John. Alan Quinlan is there as well on commentary with Conor Morris. So plenty of build-up for that game uh, a little bit later on. But it is indeed time for off the ball Saturday, uh, football Saturday here on Newstalk. Of course, uh, a little bit earlier than uh, it normally is. Brought to you by Sky. Watch Everton versus Brentford on Super Sunday live only on Sky Sports. Delighted to be joined on the show this afternoon by uh, Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent and the UEFA Pro Licence coach Shane Keegan. Good afternoon, lads. Good afternoon, Shane. Keeping well, lads. This is um, this is FA Cup final day. So, uh, like, uh, when I sent the email to you, you two lads during the week about the the topics, like, is the FA Cup final something you lads get excited about? I know every year we we seem to have this discussion. Maybe the fact that it's a Chelsea Liverpool final, Dan, it makes it a little bit more exciting. Do you um, do you get excited about the FA Cup final, or is it has it kind of lost its lure? I think this. I I think it has, but I also think that that sort of you're right. It's the same. That's how excited uh, Dan is, Shane, about the element of understanding. <laughs> okay, the FA Cup is... We're just... Yeah, lo- sorry, Dan, we just lost you there briefly. Go ahead. Sorry, I just got to The FA Cup is never going to be what it was before. We sort of have to accept that that's the case. And you sort of have to enjoy it for what it is, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so if you judge it by the standards of the past, where it was the defining game of the year, then that's gone. But as a sort of a standalone event that you can sort of enjoy. I mean, Leicester, Chelsea last year, the most recent FA Cup final was the first game with a proper crowd, you know, that 25,000. And it was a terrific occasion, a terrific event. And I don't think at the end of that game, anyone was bemoaning the death of the FA Cup or something. But then a year on, because it doesn't have this sort of hallowed place in the calendar, you end up having this sort of, uh, you know, this debate again. So, um yeah, it, it'll never return to its old standing. But I think the fact it's two top teams, uh, it means, you, you know, in the context of their season, it's very important. With Liverpool still trying to win everything, although obviously, you know, the league probably, you know, is, is, is a forlorn hope at this stage. And Chelsea needs something to take from their season. I, I've, no, you know, no reason not to sort of be enthused by today, um, even if it's not going to be something that maybe... Maybe in six months' time, we mightn't remember necessarily who, who won it like off the top of our heads, unless it's part of some Liverpool sweep all. Um, but there's no reason not to look forward to the game. Shane, what's your, what are your earliest FA Cup final memories? Like I'm thinking back to there's some great finals in the, in the 90s, and I know you're a Tottenham fan, so you might, might have, a, have a biased answer here. But like when you think of FA Cup finals and great FA Cup finals, what comes to mind? Ah, look, you're 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 hundred percent right, Shane. You know, you say even just the the words FA Cup final to me will will instantly mean nineteen ninety one to me. Um, you know, and they say you can tell somebody's age, I suppose, by by what FA Cup final sticks most in in their memory. Um, but I suppose to be fair, I think even those who weren't Tottenham fans will remember ninety one because it was you know such an an eventful game and the whole crack around Gaza and you also by the way even though Spurs went on to, to win it you also had one of the very few missed penalties in, in FA Cup uh, history um, that day as well Mark Crosley 7 from, from from Gary Lineker and yeah that that is absolutely the one that, that jumps to my mind I would have been 9 turning 10 later in the year 
Um, so it's when nothing really in my world existed, only football back then. It was the absolute be-all and end-all um, to me. And I think I think the FA Cup finals that you will remember most for me are the ones between when you turn eight and you turn 18. Um, I think those... Those 10 are, are the ones that will very much stick in your mind, particularly if the team that you support played a part in them. Like, in relation to today, Shane, I'd probably be even more blasé than, than, than Dan about it. I, I I would find now that... I, I think, for most people, I think their team have to be involved in the FA Cup final for them to get overly excited about it. Um I would have a few dates penciled into the into my diary for, you know, if you get requests to do different stuff, I'd look at the diary and so the Champions League final is penciled into my diary and I won't, you know, I won't I won't accept anything else that to I won't put my name forward to do anything else that's on that time because I will not miss the Champions League final. Final day of the Premier League season, I have it penciled in. I can't wait to sit down, you know, there's sure to be a few things still decided. Um and look, I, I penciled in the FA Cup final today. I then saw that it clashed with Leash and Galway and O'More Park were, were, were plus 20 points on the handicap. We're probably going to be absolutely uh, 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 hammered. And yet, that's probably where I'm going ahead rather than, than sitting down and, and watching the FA Cup finals. That kind of shows where it would rank in, in, in my head at the moment, you know. It's funny, Dan, isn't it? Because like, I even think back to as recently, probably as 10, 15 years ago, where you'd be watching the FA Cup final build-up for, for hours before and oh. watching the teams arrive in the suits and the in the buses and just the build-up and, and the atmosphere around it. But there's there's just none of that now. People don't... It's not an occasion that people sit down and watch. Yeah, I think... Um, I think it was that Jonathan Liu has a kind of funny piece in The Guardian today about the tradition of Cup final day and pointing out it's a 4.45 kick-off. There's a <laughs> DJ set before, you know... All those traditions, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, as I said, that, that is gone, you know, it's possibly, I think even, you know, it used to finish the season in some ways and there was some sort of symbolism in that um, and that, that's obviously not the case at the moment. I know they've, they've mixed around with the date for various reasons and, and Qatar has made this season sort of complicated anyway. Um, so no, like, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I, what, like, what, what final are you thinking about? I'm sort of wondering, it's sort of an age difference, like, I sort of remember, sure. like, the West Ham-Liverpool one being a, a, a big cup final, and is that maybe because of the Gerrard goal and stuff, but, and I've been to a few myself, right. um, through Irish involvement um, in it, so I would have gone to watch Stoke play in it, and I think that was 10 years ago, mm. when there was four Irish players involved, and um, Everton, Chelsea, I was at, but I'm, I mean, I'm even sort of struggling to recall the year. But I, I don't know. Like, it, 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 I, you know, there, there's a certain dilution of the magnitude of the day, and I think Shane probably puts it well. You know, unless you're involved, because I must say, like that final where Stoke were in it, it was huge for them. Or the whole City one, or the Crystal Palace one, Leicester last year. You can see that it's still an amazing day. It's just, an, it's not, it's not, you know, to the Melbourne Cup sort of thing, you know, the race that stops the nation. But the FA Cup isn't the game that, that does that anymore in, in many nations and, and even possibly in England itself. But um, I, and again, I mean, Shane, have, not, not that we should be, charity would say, you know? Yeah. And look, not, not that we should be judging all sporting events by how much of a crowd we manage, it manages just to pull into a pub. But at the same time, it is a kind of a decent barometer um, at times. And, you know, I remember geez, when my, my local used to be absolutely packed out for, for the FA Cup final. And, 
you know, they were probably, there were FA Cup finals where Spurs weren't involved that, I suppose, nine, again, 96, I suppose, because Liverpool and United are, you know, two of the, the biggest supported English teams over here. Um, I'll always remember 96 and being in the pub in, in 96 and the place been absolutely packed out with all the Liverpool and United fans. And I remember really, really enjoying that one just because, of, you know, the bit of abuse and the slagging that'd be firing between everybody and that kind of thing. But I think... You know, I think if it was United and Liverpool in an FA Cup final today, yeah, look, it might be a decent few heads floating around the pubs for it, but I, it, I don't, I'd find it hard to believe it would be anything like it was back then, you know. Yeah, it's a fair point. And the Irish interest one is, is definitely a fair point as well that Dan made there. Do you know, if you, if you have Irish players involved, it certainly adds a bit of intrigue from this uh, side of the pond. I guess uh, a lot of text coming into 53106. Uh, I have to say that League Cup has surpassed FA Cup in terms of interest, if not prestige. Midweek games get to see a mix of youth players more regularly, lack of replays, and having a final in February just piques the interest. It's just generally a more enjoyable an exciting watch. Uh, lads, you're so far off on this FA Cup conversation. It's so big still in England. It's just Ireland that the interest has been lost, says Tom. Is that a fair point? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I... We've lost down there again. There's a full round of Premier League fixtures tomorrow. You know, yeah. a lot of people that are involved in those clubs, you know, are absorbed by that. So I, 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 I've been in England for FA Cup finals. I've been, as I said, I've been at a couple of them and it's not like... Um, you know, it's not like it's sort of... Um, you're right, it was the six hours of coverage on BBC and all of that. I mean, there is, you know, there's there's, there's, there's arguments that when it sort of moved broadcaster at various times and stuff, it lost a little bit of that old prestige. So I don't believe... It. I mean, it's, yeah, it's an amazing event to be at and the attendance and all that is, like, not the same. But, no, it's not It's not a game that sort of, as I said, that, that you sense, like, you're over there and every bulletin and every front page on a Sunday is going to be... You know, the FA Cup captain holding his team or big parades or anything like that. That's not the case. Being at it, Shane, being at it would definitely still appeal to me. Like it would, mm. that would 100% be on my bucket list now. To be at, to be at a, 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 an FA Cup final in which Spurs are in, um, I'm kind of been waiting a while now for, for one, so I have, but um, certainly it would be my intention that the next FA Cup final that Spurs are in, I would certainly be looking to get to it. So even though I'm kind of playing down the importance of it, there's no doubt I, I, I certainly would love to get to one. It's funny you mentioned that um, the 2006 final. Like, and hard to believe that's uh, that Liverpool last time they won it was that was that year in 2006. They haven't lifted it since, uh, and this is only their second final since that that penalty shootout success that year. But if we actually look at the action on the pitch then this evening, lads, like, is is the pressure more on Liverpool Dan that this this talk of the of the quadruple and the and the trophy count building up uh, does it does it leave a little bit more pressure on, on Liverpool's shoulders than Chelsea this after, this afternoon? I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I can see your point. I think possibly, you know, off the back of a week where it feels like the sort of the league has slipped away, um, you know, there's there's obviously um, there's that niggling sense that if they if for some reason they lose this evening, then going into the Champions League, which is coming down the tracks, there's a sense of oh, where's your quadruple now? If you sort of end up. Are you only going to end up with a League Cup this season? And I see that point. But um, I still think for Chelsea too, I mean, it's been a sort of a, for a variety of reasons, sort of well documented, it's been a very strange year for the club. You know, and, and even if you take the ownership situation out of it, um, you know, and the fact that this time last year, I mean, they won the Champions League. Um, and, and while they did lose the FA Cup, which sort of must be remembered, um they, they, there was a sense, okay, that they are sort of trending in the right direction under Thomas Tuchel, and 
Um, it's it's been a sort of a quirky old year for him. Notwithstanding, I mean, the owner stuff and all that comes into it, but uh, you know, the couple of issues with Lukaku, um, the fact that their league season, you know, at one point I think, I mean, certainly on this show we were talking about them as sort of strong challengers, and that's petered away into nothing. They had the uh, the Real Madrid exit from the Champions League, so. Just with Chelsea's recent history of instability, I'm not sure if it's like a free shot for them. You know, do you know what I mean? They're not as if they're this team that that can that can have a go, and and if they lose, it's no big deal. I sort of feel that that just for the overall stability of Chelsea and the new ownership, they've got something riding on this too. But um, and and like you, you sort of wonder what type of game it's going to be. Like you look on paper at the squads, you think this could be an entertaining game, but. There's always that danger that some degree of tension um, kicks into it and it doesn't quite deliver on that front. There's also that issue, Shane, I guess, that you know this is a third a third final in a row for Chelsea, so they have that Wembley experience, but they're trying to avoid a hat-trick of, of FA Cup final defeats in a row uh, this afternoon. So like that plays on, on players' and managers' minds, you'd imagine, that, that, that if a club keeps losing finals, then that follows them around for a bit. Yeah, and, and Shane, look, it's, it's an opportunity to try and avoid the season being really a bit of a write-off. I mean, you look at the dominance of City and Liverpool um, at this stage of the season and it, it becomes very easy to forget how much Dan's touched on it there, how much high hopes were held for Chelsea at the start of the season. I was actually, they announced the um, they announced the nominees for Premier League Manager of the Year there yesterday, I think it was. And it just led me to think, you know, the way our... Our, we're, we're all shocking in that our, our memories are kind of goldfish ball memories and, and we kind of forget perceptions around teams at the start of the season. So I, had, I quickly had a look at one that I always find interesting. You know that, that handicap market that they have at the start of the season mm-hmm. where they make the favourite start off zero points and then they give everybody else a point head start. So I was trying to see who were the, who were the highest performing managers based on, on that, that uh, handicap market they had at the start of the year. And it, it had completely slipped my mind. Like, at the start of the season, Chelsea were given the same amount of points on City as Liverpool were. In other words, they were joint yeah. second favourites with Liverpool to mount, to mount a title challenge. Um, and I mean, and it, you know, they've, they've never been in the race past, I don't know, when did they drop off? It looked like we had three teams in the race maybe coming into December. I think it died a death fairly quickly for them in and around that time and they've kind of never re-emerged from there. So it's certainly been a, a, a very, very disappointing season for them. And this would be a chance to to take a little bit of the the dourness, I suppose, away from the season that they've had. And as you say, three, nobody wants a, a record of, of three successive um, defeats. I mean, I think they've been in, in four of the last five finals, have they? And, and only won one of them. Um, so I think there is, I, I think for very different reasons, uh, the, the pressure is on Chelsea also, but I think there probably is an equal amount of pressure on both sides. Yeah, it's a fair point. Our own producer, Andy Martin, texted me his five Wembley Cup final defeats in a row for Chelsea against Liverpool, Leicester, Arsenal, City and then City in the Community Shield, which is a fair point as well. A couple of texts coming in as well. You're listening to uh, OTB Football Saturday. Myself, Shane Hannan and uh, Shane Keegan and Dan McDonald with you through until uh, two o'clock. Brought to you by Sky. Don't miss West Ham versus Man City on Super Sunday, live only on Sky Sports. We'll have commentary, of course, of that game as well right here on Off The Ball. Some texts coming in to 53106 on the FA Cup. Playing the FA Cup final as the last game of the season would certainly help. Also, could they make a Champions League spot available for the winner, I wonder? That would increase the interest, perhaps. Another text, small clubs playing weekend sides killed the FA Cup. Champions League position for the winner might save it. 
fair point as well. Um, lads, the, another story that kind of took my eye during the week was, um, I guess, the warning put out to, to Liverpool and Rangers fans ahead of the uh, the Champions League and, and Europa League finals about, uh, I guess, encouraging them not to travel to, to Paris and Seville if, if they don't have tickets, and not, not to buy these resale or, or counterfeit tickets. And of course, the issue of, of ticket touts comes up anytime, uh, I guess, an English team and is in a, is in a big European final and there's Irish fans heading over. Like, how much would you lads hypothetically speaking pay for a, for a Champions League final ticket uh, if, your, if your club was there <laughs> um, well I suppose there's more than just the cost of, of, of the ticket really is there mm. there's all the costs that, that, that go into around it look I, I investigated it in, in 2019 I did I did a, an awful lot of digging around to see if there was, was any to be got um, look having been in Involved in 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 soccer in 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 Ireland over the last 10, 15 years, I would have felt I was in a, a reasonably favourable position to try and pull one out of somewhere if they were to be got, and I couldn't get a sniff of one, Shane. I absolutely couldn't couldn't get a sniff of one. Um, the couple that probably became available late on, um, you were kind of talking three hundred euro plus um, at least, and that was just for for the match ticket itself and. Look, you just you just couldn't justify it. I'll tell you what I did in the end, Shane. I know some people will find it absolute madness, but uh, four of us from around town here um, that would be Spurs fans. We we actually all got flights and headed across to London, and and we actually watched the game from from inside White Hart Lane. Um, they did a big event around the whole day, and it sold out. Like the stadium literally sold out, and they had big screens all around it. Now, look, the game itself, Liverpool scored early, and it turned out to be a bit of a a, a damp affair from there. So it did, but but I I I enjoyed the day. It it did create. You had everything but the live event there in front of you. You had all you know, like as we as well we know most of us go for the, to these events for far more than just that that match on the pitch, if that makes sense. And it had all that. It had the sing song in the pubs beforehand. You had the big queues to get into the stadium. And look, it's probably still a poor second best, but it's um it's it's probably better than sitting at home and watching it on the couch at the same time. It's mad, isn't it, Dan? Because like I, I even have you know some of my mates, Liverpool fans, who are you know, planning to, to fly over f- to to Liverpool for the for, you know for the Champions League final, watch it there. As, as Shane says, it's it's something a lot of people tend to do, and there's more and more of that, isn't there? Irish people going over. You can't get a hotel in Liverpool, for example, the night of the the Champions League final. Like a lot of fans tend to just go over and, and soak up the atmosphere, which is which is remarkable given the game's not even in the city. Yeah, I would like. I would have to be honest. I wouldn't have been necessarily aware of that that people would have would have done that you know but I suppose it is you know it's to get some degree of authenticity about it I mean yeah like I mean the broader point I mean it's it's you know these big UEFA finals and, and, and how they decide them and you know and where they play them the concern is this year because the, you know the accessibility of the cities like it's 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 you know for Liverpool and Rangers fans there it's not like you know the time they brought Arsenal and Chelsea to back you or something like that there wasn't much danger of people traveling without tickets um you know the you know that it's there's still a sense sometimes that the allocations that could be provided to clubs could be significantly greater and yet they still wouldn't satisfy you know demand in any respect you know um like yeah, I mean it's it's you ask the question how much I, I I'm probably the wrong person to ask having <laughs> sort of uh, spent my life you know in the in the prawn sandwich sort of press box brigade but I mean I suppose you know you you can end up sort of judging people for spending a certain amount but mm. listen I mean that's 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 a hobby you know like that's 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 a it's a moment that in some respects if you're really into it. Are you going to put a price on it afterwards if it delivers for you? You know, um, 
you know, there's probably worse ways to spend uh, to squander that money. People, people with great intentions won't go, you know, wouldn't do that, and then they'll probably end up dropping that amount in Dublin, just going out to watch the game or something, you know. So you may as well just like go the whole I, hog, I guess. But um, shouting, like, I mean, you wait for, like, you wait for, and, and like the whole, as Shane says, like the sniff of the tickets and stuff like that. I mean, again. There are these anecdotal tales of you have like fans struggling to get this, but you will then have, uh, you know, high, high, high level executives, football administrators from various countries. Um, I need to be careful here. Um, you know, who, who would have access to like, uh, you know, tickets that would would command a significant amount of cash, you know, and it's it, it leaves a slightly sour taste. Uh, and to be fair, Shane, the, the, the other the other point I'd make, and and I'm probably leaving myself open to maybe a little bit of abuse here, but I I would find it hard to equate uh, my support for Spurs. Um, I I'd, I'd find it impossible to put that on on a level of somebody who is from London, who lives around, lives in the area, who has absolutely you know grown up and has held a season ticket for for as long as they can remember, like. For somebody like that, um, like now, I can imagine, I can imagine people like that easily willing to to fork out, uh, you know, a thousand euro to be there. It, it has to mean even more, you know. We're, I, I know there's some huge, huge supporters of English clubs based in Ireland, but it, it's not to the same level to me. It can't be to the same level to, to somebody who, as I say, has held a season ticket all their life, who lives around the corner from it, who eats, sleeps, breeds, and who's who's hearing about it twenty four seven in 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 their workplace. Um, you know, the, the, the you think about the relationship between Everton and Liverpool fans in the city and and different things like that. Um, I can imagine. I I can I can understand why somebody in that situation would almost put their life savings towards ensuring that they get a match ticket for an event like this you know uh, Dan you mentioned the uh, the prawn sandwich press brigade and uh, speaking of which you were at Tala Stadium last night top of the table clash four point lead now for uh, for Shamrock Rovers uh, after that 1-0 win over Derry City late, late winner from uh, Danny Mandrew but um, fair assessment Shamrock Rovers strong but Derry might have a say in this title race yet I must say Shane Keegan was in the press box last night too. To <laughs> Sorry, yeah, of course. I, I was a row. I was a row behind him, Shane. I was going to start throwing little airplane <laughs> paper airplanes down his head and that. He was. He was, uh, he was scratching around for a pair of pair of headphones because he was doing the late night phone in. Of course. Uh, afterwards with the with the lads, but um, I mean it, it was a yeah, it was a funny one last night because I mean if 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 people didn't see the game, they just look at the result and they'd say, oh, well, Shamrock Rovers beat Derry and and that's it. And I do believe Shamrock Rovers to win the league this year, but I thought Derry City were good, and, and I think they are good. I actually think they're getting better, even if their results aren't necessarily getting better. They they had a lot of late goals earlier in the season that, in some cases, might have put even a you know massage some of their performances. But actually, I think their performance levels now are, are, are going upwards. But they they've sort of forgotten how to win, um, and they've been less clinical and. Certainly, I would have sort of got a vibe after of what the feeling was from some people in the Rovers camp, and and they're very impressed by Derry. Um, maybe even a small bit surprised by like, like by by how good they were. So, um, I think there's like two angles to last night. There's the 2022 title race, and there's the coming years. And you can see why Shamrock Rovers will probably win the title this year because they have a stronger squad, and they know how to win. And a couple of years back. Rovers were probably back, you know, were, were showing signs in these games and, and not getting the job done while Dundalk did. And now Shamrock Rovers have become the team, the sort of efficient winning machine. 
Um, and you think they will remain that way this season, but Derry, to me, are looking like a side that around for the long They haven't even had the use of Michael Duffy, you know, their sort of main sign in this season. Patrick McElhenney has barely played, although I know he has a checkered injury record, so maybe that maybe comes with the territory a small bit. Um, because they have money, they have a billionaire owner who's a fan, and they are going to strengthen in the summer. I think... I think we're we're going to have a rivalry, and to be honest, um, maybe it's bad for Rovers, but in a way, maybe it's good for them. I think because I think, um, and I think I think I've heard Shane make this point. I'm not sure if Rovers have ever really been pushed to the level they can go to, and I and I think Derry have a chance of you know of 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 maybe helping to raise Rovers a, a, a bit of a gallop too. Um, but it was an enjoyable event, like seven thousand people there. It wasn't a classic. But it was kind of that whole thing, that word people use. It was sort of absorbing in its mm. own way. Uh, and I'm looking forward to more battles between them. Yeah, uh, Shane, as, as Dan mentions, like Patrick McElhenney not involved for Derry and probably the couple of changes in the second half maybe tilted things Shamrock Rovers' way. But for long periods, I mean, Derry looked probably the more threatening team. Yeah, um, and I, I suppose to stick with the theme of the changes, so it's it's been a most, much discussed point, the strength in depth that... Uh, that Shamrock Rovers have and, and their bench on any given night is is ridiculous. But um, putting the words of, I suppose, in, if you think of a fella playing poker, it's it's been able to play the right cards at the right time. Um, and that's where Stephen Bradley seems to have nailed it. Now, by the way, that also does raise the question of, well, do we need to question why he's getting his starting team potentially wrong, that it's the changes that he makes is what keeps swinging it in his favour. And that until these changes, sometimes his team are second best. But... He made a peculiar first substitution last night, Shane, in that um, they were struggling to get to show any sort of attacking, attacking intent whatsoever, really, uh, right up till about the hour mark, near enough there, thereabouts. And Stephen Bradley decided that the best way to solve this was to take off one of his three centre-backs and replace him with another one of the three, another centre-back. Now, that's how, on the surface, what the substitution was. I mean, what he was actually doing was he was aware of the fact that all three of his centre-halves were right-footed. Derry, 100%, if, if, you, if you're sitting high up in the stand and you have your coach and eye in, you could completely and utterly see how Derry were setting up to force the ball to go to Sean Hoare, who was playing left-sided centre-half and was right-footed, and then they were getting ready to pounce from there, knowing that his, limit, his, his options would be limited, not being left-footed. So he, he didn't actually take Sean Hoare off, he took Sean Gannon off, he moved Sean Hoare across the other side and brought on um, Kavanaugh, Sean Kavanaugh, who is left-footed, and from that moment, they started to get a foothold in the game. His next change was to bring on Dylan Watts, who, in a double substitution, who basically created the second goal, which was scored by the other player who came on in that double substitution, Danny Mandreo. So, I mean, he's, he's played an absolute blinder in terms of, of the changes that he made in the game for, for me, because Derry's midfield had been absolutely fantastic up to that point um, and, and had Watts not come on and, and kind of given him, given him something different to think about. Um, I think Derry would have continued to be in the, in the ascendancy and possibly taking the points from the game. Yeah, just looking at the, today's fixture as well in the in the SSE, excuse me, SSE or Tristy Premier Division, Pats uh, have the chance to move up to uh, third this evening. They'll leapfrog Dundalk if they can beat Sligo Rovers at the showgrounds. That's a 7.45 kickoff. Sligo, of course, hoping to bounce back from away defeats to Shamrock Rovers and Shelburne. Uh, meanwhile, no separating Luton and Huddersfield in the Championship playoff semi-final. One-all draw in the first leg. They will meet again on Monday to decide which moves a step closer to Premier League promotion. Fifth place, Sheffield United take on Nottingham Forest at Bramalea in this afternoon in the other uh, game. 
game Scottish champions meanwhile Celtic 5-0 up as things stand against Motherwell 78 minutes played at Parkhead of course they're already the Scottish Premiership champions Dan I saw you tweeting a photo of um, one Gavin Bazunu at Tallis Stadium last night you were writing a piece um, earlier in the week about, about this interest from, from Everton I mean he's only 20 years of age you nearly forget how young Gavin Bazunu is uh, of course he's, he's returned to parent clubs at Man City after that successful loan spell at Portsmouth but do you think this this move or mooted move to, to Everton could be a could be a good one for, for Gavin Bazunu? Yeah he actually uh, he actually held open the gates for me as I was coming out onto the pitch <laughs> after the game last night and I completely bottled it I should have just asked him you know <laughs> I was his feature earlier in the week and then I'm like he's there and I have proper journalism said- Probably yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, like it's it's it's. I think the, the sense I pick up from this is that it's maybe not well, unless it has been decided, but um, they haven't sort of disclosed it to anyone. That it's still a small bit up in the air as to what will happen. That Man City have a slight dilemma, really. Like that, I mean, well, I mean it's a good dilemma. Dave Ederson is a top class goalkeeper. I think Bazuna was rated extremely. wants to play I don't know if he necessarily wants to be a number two um, you know sort of a, a league cup goalkeeper or something like that um, and it's at the stage where yeah I, I think there's a there's, there's proper discussions taking place I think if City do sell him it's very possible they'll have the buyback option so that's the, the best of both worlds where you can sort of cash in but you also have the first refusal um, if he if he turns out to sort of uh you know, to to be a superstar wherever he goes. Um, but there is there is interest from Premier League in Europe. The sense I've picked up, I mean, the Southampton one was out there before. Um, the Everton one hadn't been out there before, so that's why I would have sort of done a story around that. But I think it's probably they are the two front runners, mm. um, and it's just a matter of probably looking at the the realistic pathways. There was there was speculation in the the UK press that. Um, that Jordan Pickford might be sold by Everton, and that's why Bazunu comes into the mix. But I'm I'm very much aware that Everton have been watching them consistently across the season in League One, um, and they like him. But clubs are always like they're looking also 12 to 18 months down the line. And uh, I think what we know about Bazunu is that he wants to play, so I don't think he would sign and go somewhere without knowing that there's you know there's genuinely going to be game time here. Um, and if you had to be, wait somewhere for someone to move on, it wouldn't be waiting too long, if you know what I mean. So Fraser Forster's out of contract at Southampton. He's 34. You can see why that one would make sense too, um, and why Everton might be tied in with whatever happens with Pickford. And whether, of course, City decide to let him go. The alternative is he just goes out on loan again next season, but maybe to the Championship or to maybe a, a Premier League club where he's definitely going to play. Yeah. In, interestingly, Shane, the, the the domino effect here as well, obviously, is is Gavin was was outstanding for Portsmouth this year. Portsmouth now have to decide what they're going to do um, between the sticks for them for the coming season. And um, look, Brian Maher in goal for 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 Derry last night. He might be he might be a little bit annoyed that he didn't manage to palm the ball away further for the goal actually. But that aside, um, he was brilliant and outstanding with the ball at his feet. He gave mm. one a, a pass that was just incredible um, to Will Patching at one stage. Himself and Ed McGinty are, are two outstanding, outstanding young Irish goalkeepers in the League of Ireland. Portsmouth are well, well known for having a, a very firm eye on what's going on over here. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised to, to, to see either of those keepers potentially look to fill the void that, that Bazuna leaves at Portsmouth, you know? Absolutely. Lads, we're bang out of time. A nice uh, short and sweet OTB Football Saturday this afternoon. Thanks a million to you both. Cheers, lads. Thanks, lads.
That's uh, Shane Keegan and uh, Dan Donald on OTB Football Saturday this afternoon. Brought to you by Sky. Watch Everton versus Brentford on Super Sunday live only on Sky Sports. You'll of course get the podcast of this entire OTB Football Saturday wherever you get your podcasts uh, and in the OTB Sports app as well. Loads still to come after two o'clock. John Duggan is still at the Aviva Stadium, of course. Loads of build up to Leinster versus Toulouse in the Heineken Champions Cup semi final. Connor Morris and Alan Quinnan will be on commentary. Keen Tracy and Jerry Thorny with plenty of build up as well from two o'clock. So stay with us. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports